Normie Podcast. I'm a big film nerd, Everett. And I'm Emerald, and I'm engaged to a nerd. On this week's episode, we will be covering The Retirement Plan, written and directed by Tim Brown. And I picked Scrapper, written and directed by Charlotte Reagan. For both of these movies, we will do non-spoilers and then spoilers. There will be time codes down in the description so you can jump around. Let's get into it. I haven't seen my daughter, and now her daughter shows up at my front doorstep and not a word. I think my parents are in some kind of trouble. Oh, Ashley's in trouble. What is it this time? All right. Um, for my movie this week, I chose The Retirement Plan. Um, it's written and directed by Tim Brown, and it stars Nicolas Cage. Uh, I chose it because it looked like a silly, goofy little action movie, and I thought it would be fun. It wasn't. It was not. Uh, yeah. It's student film quality at best, and like, not like even someone really studying film. It's like high school student film. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, that it really, it looks like they just, you know, rented an office space for an afternoon and didn't set dress it at all. The walls are completely empty. Everyone's just in a generic suit in a white room. The lights are too bright. There's, you know, like another scene, he's walking outside of an airport and, you know, there's no sort of like lights they brought in so that they could lower the exposure of the camera. So all the like headlights and lights in the airport are exposed properly. It's just, if it's a light, it's overexposed. If it's Nicolas Cage, it's mostly exposed and it looks super grainy and bad at night. And then during the day, it's everything's too bright or... Just yeah. flat and boring looking. Or they're talking and there's birds in the background and you can't even hear what they're saying because the birds are so loud. Like, it's yeah. just bad. The only perk I will give it is that it the movie we went to in the theater had closed captions and that was nice for me. <laughs> yeah, it it's there's a, a serious audio issue where i don't know if they just didn't prioritize it on the day if they just didn't have the budget for high quality gear and operators or what happened but literally like someone moves and it just goes like it literally makes like the noise on like because the like they're probably wearing a belt mic and that just the shirt rubs across it and they it makes a lot of noise and they didn't bother to edit it out or do another take or ADR anything or anything like that. And it just sounds bad, like it was recorded on an iPhone or something. Might have been shot on an iPhone for all we know. Yeah, it, and, it was just awful. And the action is super boring. Yeah. And it's not funny it's not funny they swear too much and that's like not even that big of a deal normally but since the action is so boring it just feels really out of place and awkward like it like Everett said when we were driving home it could have had a pg rating if it didn't swear so much almost like minus a little bit of blood like it literally is just not yeah. funny not action not drama no weird Nicholas Cage shenanigans. Yeah, it's he has just... one weird scene. Yeah, it's just boring. And the rest, he's just generic guy. And yeah. there's another character who's trying to be the Nicholas Cage of this movie. And he's just, he doesn't have that 
aura about him where we all just go, oh, it's Nicolas Cage, so of course he's weird. It's just like, oh, who's this guy who's screaming and throwing his arms around like a little baby? Yeah, it's very weird. Um, But basically, a no-spoiler recap is just this couple ends up getting involved with the wrong group of people and they don't really have anywhere to go so her and her daughter go to the Cayman Islands to visit her father who she hasn't seen in 10 over 10 years and he fights people for her the end that's it yeah that's the movie um Ron Perlman is in this as one of the like bad guys kind of henchmen and he was the only bearable character and we'll get into it more yeah. in spoilers, but... I liked him. Yeah. Um, The girl, he was acting opposite, very just stereotypical kid actor, like, you know, nothing yeah. great, but nothing wrong, just says her lines and does what she needs to do. And they have a cute little dynamic going, and then it's just completely wasted and nothing... Yeah. It just ends up being nothing, and the movie is nothing, and I, yeah... Yeah, I said it might take my spot moving into one of the worst movies of the year. Whether or not it's actually the worst movie of the year for me, it's definitely the worst quality movie we've yeah. seen. Yep. Including and like the artsy ones with tiny little budgets. They're <laughs> all better than yeah, this. Yeah, even a local Utah film with a, a title of Aliens Abducted My Parents and I Feel Kind of Left Out that was shot like 20 minutes from where we live for probably $100,000 looked way better than this yeah it is ridiculous so we just googled it <laughs> and apparently this movie had a budget of 40 million dollars i i don't know where that went it's there's no way they'll make it back like it is just awful i yeah the their hope is going to be that um some streaming service will buy it and dads will watch it a lot there were a few a few dads in the theater that were making it okay for me to sit through and not walk out of because they were giggling and it was very cute but but like even them it wasn't like constant laughter or like ooh yeah well it was just like there'd be a few moments that we thought were super cheesy and they chuckled (laughs) yeah yeah but that's that's about it Shall we go into spoilers? I suppose we shall. All right, going into spoilers. Yeah, so this couple, um, the husband has been a driver for this, I guess, branch of crime in Miami and decides in order to get out, he's going to steal a flash drive that contains something. We never know what. They but it just goes say deep. Yeah, they say it goes deep. This is the biggest I've ever seen, but never talk about what it actually is. Um he steals it, his partner gets shot or stabbed or something and dies, and so he makes his wife take their daughter to the Cayman Islands to see her father. Um she sends the daughter alone on a plane with not telling anyone, not telling the grandfather she's coming, doesn't tell him like, she doesn't even know if he still lives there. She just sends her on a plane, and then she gets kidnapped by the bad guys, and then they all go there, and Nicolas Cage just one by one kills them all. Not in an exciting way, not in a funny way. They all just die. Yep, and it's the most, like, just 
generic there's the bad guy and then there's the bad guy over him and they're trying to double cross each other and then there's the government and the government's underling works for the bad guys and they find out and one of the guys we think might be a bad guy turns out to actually be part of the government and he's running for florida governor and blah 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 and it's just like okay yeah not everyone plays the part so flat and there's no twists or turns it's like oh the guy who's immediately talking to the bad guys is the informant the guy who is not involved at all is the good guy okay cool like it just there's no tension there's no surprise there's no like oh we know they're the bad guy but the good guys don't know it they literally say like the the like government person's like oh yeah i know my guy's an informant but we're just going to use him and then they just inform. shoot him in the head at the end, the informant, instead yeah. of, I don't know, arresting him. He's not even, like, a threat. He doesn't even know that they know, and they just shoot and kill yeah, him. It's, it's super weird. Um, but anyways, the only part that I thought was going to lead somewhere and be decent was uh, Ron Perlman is one of the bad guys, and he takes the daughter as collateral to get this flash drive back. Um, and they kind of have this rapport about their love for reading kind of and like they bond over it and then they just they get along really well and And ron perlman is like playing the classic gangster ron perlman type character but then like she's has she's reading othello for school and he's like oh i know othello i know iago and he starts like talking about the whole story and then he's talking about oliver twist and how his life is like that and so uh, he's very clearly a well-read man, and there's a lot more to him than just gangster who follows orders, and I was not, I wouldn't say enjoying it, but it was the best part of the movie by far. Yeah, and um, so he makes her promise that when they're leaving this hotel that she's not going to flag down any of the police around and stuff and rat him out or he's going to hurt her family, her mother, basically. And she promises. And then I was waiting for her to be like, well, promise me that you're not going to hurt either of us once you get the flash drive or whatever. But she never does. And then later on, when he's about to, like, kill her, she's like, you promised. Where's your honor or whatever? But he never did. So that's stupid, and I don't know why they threw that in there. And then he ends up just getting, like, shot with an arrow and dies immediately, and there's no redemption, there's nothing, there's no... nothing. And the only thing is that he kind of points to her and says, Iago, and then dies, but I don't know if he's saying that he was, or that she was, or what was happening, because there was literally no explanation, no redemption, no fault. Yeah, just, he's dead, the end, they move on. Yep. And it was stupid because that was like the only bearable part of the movie and it only lasted like 30 minutes, maybe, maybe not even that much. And then, yeah, I don't know. They fight a bunch of people. They kill all the bad guys with no issues, no dilemma, no getting hurt. No one does anything. Um, they give the flash drive to some politician guy and they move on with their lives, I guess, because they never see the husband again. They yep. never talk about it. <laughs> they never do anything. The husband is being held by these bad guys the entire movie. And you're waiting for this reunion, I guess, if you're interested in the movie, which I wasn't. And then it ends. That's it. It's stupid and bad. And I hated it. And it had yeah. a pretty good cast. There was like really yeah, famous people in it. I would say it's like it. a solid B to C tier Hollywood cast. You have Ashley Green, Ron Perlman. Jackie Earl Haley, Ernie Hudson, 
Lynn Whitfield. Like, these are all people I've seen in stuff. Um, and I don't want to single out and attack somebody. But Jackie Earl Haley is trying too hard. I will attack him. He was bad <laughs> and it was weird. Like, he was playing the Nicolas Cage role in this movie. He was swearing every other word throwing his arms around jumping from rage to humor to trying to be intense to back to rage and just like being so over the top and it just came off awkward yeah it was so uncomfortable and just weird and like the also and this is where the editing is terrible they like anytime they introduce a character even if it's like all the way in the third act they do this stupid like whip sound effect and like punch in and the background changes and it's like which also Carmen. never comes into play again like it's yeah. like just when they show characters i thought it would yeah it's just bad yeah. and like there's a scene where um jackie earl haley is angry about something and so he like hangs up the phone angrily walks off screen and then like two seconds later comes back with a baseball bat and starts smashing the phone but like he's nowhere near the phone when no, he, he hits does it. hit it it's just they don't make it a prop phone that explodes so the screen like a modern cell phone is flat on a flat table and he's hitting it flat so you can see it's like shifting and moving and the screen is cracked a bit but like they should have built one to crumble so that when he smacks it, it, you know, sparks fly off of it or bits of glass go off or something. But that's where it just feels like this isn't a high quality movie because, you know, they could have just been like, well, all right, quick, throw a new screen protector on. We'll do another take instead of building something to actually smash. And then again, like the pacing of the scene, he gets angry and hangs up and walks off screen. And then you're like, OK, it's done. And then when you're sitting there and then he comes back and he smashes it a couple times and then like does a baseball like home run flip of the bat and lets it drop and then the camera like holds for another like three seconds on just this broken phone and i'm like i don't I, what are we doing here yeah it's just an awful movie yeah so not at all a recommendation but what would you rate it three because Honestly, I'll give it a three because I did like Ron Perlman. I'm only going to give it a two. Yeah, I could go two as well. Yeah. There you go. Who are you? The old guy. He keeps killing everybody. Everybody. All right. On a much more positive note, my movie for the week was Scrapper. Um, it is directed by Charlotte Reagan and stars Harris Dickinson, Lola Campbell, and Aylan Uzan, Uzan um, and kind of the main three characters, but Harris Dickinson and Lola Campbell are the main two characters. Um, and the basic premise is this girl, little girl, she's 11, 12? She's 12. 12, and she's lost her mother living in London. Uh, her dad's not in the picture at all, and she's managed to kind of game a really dumb British social services system. Like, they're over-the-top dumb, but to let the story happen. Uh, and she's gaming the system to live alone as a 12-year-old in London in, like, kind of a project-y type area. Um, and then one day, her father shows up out of nowhere, and you just kind of 
they try and get to know each other and figure out what their dynamic is and all of this and she's been alone for over a year now um and yeah it's it's a cute movie i like it it really drags in the middle i really liked it it did drag in the middle but i would still recommend it to people i think because i thought it was funny yeah um it is a strong film from charlotte reagan uh it's her feature debut uh, and it's got a funky style to it. There's some weird, almost um, Edgar Wright-esque editing to this. Um, he's done movies like Hot Fuzz and Baby Driver and stuff like that. Um, and it's really kind of fast and flashy and got some kind of quirky humor to the editing even. Um, and it's shot pretty well, and they do these weird, like, piece to cameras where like a character will suddenly just like talk to the camera about the other characters or the story or the moment in the film Um, i feel like they didn't do that enough that it made sense yeah that's what i was gonna say like i feel like she was afraid directing this like she was afraid to push it a little bit further into surrealism but there's definitely moments of it and i think they were some strong moments and it could have really worked so i'm hoping that with the success of this having played at sundance and now being in theaters and stuff like it will do well enough that she gets to do more films and can really lean into that style she's developing yeah for sure like um we'll go into it more in spoilers but there's this locked room in her house and i feel like the surrealism moments in the room are really cool but there's only like two of them so then when it comes back in at the end it's kind of just like yeah and that might that might have slightly been budgetary yeah restrictions but i think there were ways around that if they had really wanted to that they could have but yeah there's it'll go you know 20 minutes just playing like a straight drama comedy type film and then all of a sudden you've got these kind of weird quirky moments for a minute or two and then jump straight back into just normal dramedy type stuff yeah but like the father and daughter's dynamic i think is really great for like 90 percent of it i think that it's believable and interesting and good um yeah the storyline is cute i i really liked it yeah, I think the the beginning is a good enough setup, and the end is really sweet. And yeah, I, I, I teared up a little bit. So. Yeah, it's very... You do really end up connecting with these characters uh, and really loving them, but I do... I don't, like, I don't know, a cardinal sin for me is if I start thinking about, like, mm, what time is it? How long are we? What if I did just quickly turn my phone back on and see how long we have left in this movie? That's not a great place, and I don't get there often, and yet this movie, after, like, an initial fun 15 minutes, just kind of kept doing the same thing, and I really struggled to stick with it, and then the third act kicks in, and I was right back re-engaged and happy to have watched this movie in the end it was like the opposite of most of the movies we've talked about this year most of them from any other podcast we say it's so strong all the way through (laughs) and then like lands on its face at the end and doesn't stick the landing whereas this one it's like it just drags on drags on drags on but it sticks the landing so (laughs) much that you can't help but enjoy it even though you were wanting to check your phone or whatever there is a chance if you 
connect with the story a little more personally, that middle section will not drag as yeah. bad as it did for me. But if anything, wait for streaming and then you can play on your phone during the middle <laughs> and then come back at the end if you feel the need to. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's all we've got to say non-spoilery. So we'll head into spoilers. All right, spoilers for Scrapper. Um, I mean... And I, the only a, real spoiler is her and her dad end up getting along. <laughs> yeah, like it's, and it's kind of predictable, I guess, in that way. And maybe that's why the middle felt like it dragged because I knew they would end up in a positive situation because it just, at no point does this feel like a cynical movie. The characters can be cynical, but they're not, it's not a cynical movie. It is truly like just a, a joy of, life and discovery and struggling and just you know happy to be a part of this world that they're in and they have these little cute moments throughout it and stuff but i think that might be the main contributing factor is i knew they would end up having a positive relationship and so sitting through the middle knowing that any of the drama is kind of just there for now made it drag um The other spoiler would be um, there's this locked room in her apartment the whole time. And before her mother dies, her mom tells her that she's going to the sky because she doesn't really know what to say to her. Um, And in this locked room, the surrealism moments are the little girl climbs up this giant tower bursting through the ceiling that she's built and like lays on top to be closer to the sky so that she can build a giant tower to go see her mother again because her she her mom's all she's had her whole life um and you know this whole movie the dad is struggling and struggling and struggling to connect with her because she's so against him being there but also because like you know, she just lost the only person she's ever been close to. So she's probably scared to get close to another parent, especially one who chose not to contact her for 12 years. Um, and eventually he does break her trust and breaks into this room, um, like bolt cuts the lock and stuff to see what's in it. And he sees all the plans everywhere and realizes like, oh, I, she's not doing well. Like, I thought she was doing well because she was so good at living by herself and didn't want anything to do with me, but she's not doing well, and I don't think I'm ready for the commitment of taking care of her. So he, you know, leaves his phone there for her, and he goes to, like, abandon her, basically. Um, And in the phone, there's this voicemail from her mom, and now she... In the voicemail, her mom basically says, I know she's not stupid enough to believe that I'm going to the sky, which kind of clicks in the little girl's head that she isn't going to see her mom again. And the dad is all she has left. So she goes and finally, you know, hunts down the dad and they reunite and are going to be happy. Yeah. And um, Lola Campbell, who plays the, the lead girl, is awesome. Yeah, she's, she's phenomenal. So um, I don't know if she's partially deaf. She had a hearing aid in the movie. I don't know if it was like part of the movie or if she is deaf, but she doesn't have a Wikipedia page, so it's hard to tell. <laughs> find out much about her. Yeah, but um, she's, she's super sweet, and she's got this kind of punk attitude to her because, again, she's kind of now growing up on the streets, but she was raised by what seems, from the glimpses, we get a very good mother who loved her and did her best for her 
um, but they were never, you know, financially stable or in a, you know, great life situation or whatever. But she, she has her one friend, Ali, and they're, they steal bikes together and sell them um, to the scrapper lady person. And that's kind of, she gets her name Scrapper because she goes around and just takes parts and does that and also is building this pile of scraps to reach her mom. Um, but yeah, she's, she's got this great kind of like childish punk attitude. Like we all have talked to a 12 year old who thinks they're tougher than they are or like wants to be all bravado and cool. And she's like trying to like bargain for better prices on bike parts and like all of these things. And she just, she plays it like she's so cool. But when you really like the, it's so well written as well that like, it's a believable 12 year olds dialogue and she sells it completely but then also when she needs to be like scared and vulnerable because she's a 12 year old trying to survive on her own she does a really really good job of that yeah and the dad did too he was in um triangle of sadness as well um and he's just i think he's a very understated actor like he doesn't play anything too big or too crazy but he's so good (laughs) yeah he just he is the character on screen yeah and i think both in triangle of sadness and this he does a really good job triangle of sadness not our favorite movie um but, but the acting was but good the in acting it. <laughs> was really good in it and he was strong in that one and again yeah he he plays this kind of he's supposedly off you know in abitha is it yeah. yeah and like just partying all the time and doing whatever he wants and he has no concept of responsibility and like he gets back in his daughter's life and the first thing he does is go try and steal bikes with her and like that's how they kind of start connecting. Yeah, and when they go to steal bikes, she loses her phone, which has the only video left of her mother on it. So it's like, yes, you're finally connecting with your daughter, but you've also done something so irresponsible, you know? Yeah, and so like he's kind of trying to figure out how to be an adult himself so that she doesn't have to be. And I think he plays that line very well. Because again, I've met plenty of guys like that. <laughs> yeah, who I was like, I've met like, him. <laughs> who are just, yeah, the idiot punk who thinks they're dressing cool with the dumb haircut, trying to talk all tough and whatever, and just has no concept of actual relationship building and child raising and all of this stuff. Um, I'm also very glad they didn't make him date Ollie's mom. They, like, <laughs> kind of made it seem like they were going to, but I'm glad that they didn't. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. Uh, so what would you rate it? I will give this a seven. It is a solid movie. Yep. Me too. All right. There you go. That's our thoughts on Scrapper. Ollie! George? You playing out? Uh, hi, that's my bike. We were just making sure that all of these bikes were road safe. Oh, yours isn't, by the way. All right, thank you for listening to our episode this week. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Nerd and Normie, and tune in every Monday for a new episode. And if you're on YouTube, like and subscribe. And if you're listening on audio platform, leave us a five-star review. It really helps us out. Thank, thank you. you.